Hey everybody, welcome to the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I'm your host, Matt Hartman, and I am once again in the mobile studio. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, not a whole lot of on-track action with the Olympics going on. Um, IndyCar and NASCAR kind of taking a, uh, a two-week break. Uh, I believe part of that has to do with the simple fact that, hey, you know, they're both on NBC and their affiliated networks, and NBC is the host of the Olympics. So, you know, we kind of got that all going on. Taking a drink of my Mountain Dew Baja Punch. Not bad. Certainly not Baja Blast, but I will drink it regardless. Um, so, as I was about to say before I took a swill of that, um, because, just because IndyCar and NASCAR have not been, um, really doing anything on track doesn't mean that there isn't any kind of news. Um, we still have the NHRA, uh, out there in, uh, Sonoma Valley, uh, or Sonoma Speedway in Napa Valley. I almost said Sonoma, Sonoma Valley in Napa Speedway, and that would have been a clustery cluster. But uh, we also had ARCA, the ARCA Menard Series, competing at Iowa Speedway, and that's another LOL, Ty Gibbs wins. Um, and surprisingly, you know, with all these wins that this young man has had, he is not um, leading the Arkham Menard series points. That is Corey Haim, not to be confused with the late actor Corey Haim, the sidekick of Corey Feldman. Uh, but we had that. We had um, the Camping World uh, Drag Racing Series, NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series, uh, which was as I said before, was in Sonoma Valley. Um, we see Robert Height win the funny car battle over Matt Hagen and uh, Steve Torrance take home another Wally uh, as the former champion knocked off Leah Pruitt, who had a special guest mixing fuel for her top fuel dragster. And that guest is none other than um, her fiance and NASCAR Hall of Famer Tony Stewart. Uh, so T. Stew is definitely taking in um, some of the sights and sounds of the NHRA out there in Napa Valley. And next week they will be competing at the Winter Nationals. Now you're probably wondering, Winter Nationals, Matt? It's summertime. It's July for Christmas. Uh, but due to COVID and all this, all the stuff um, that California had going on at the time, the Winter Nationals were pushed till July. So, very interesting set of circumstances. They will go to Panoma uh, to battle it out in one of the um, biggest NHRA battles of the season, one of their most prestigious races up there with the. Um, 
U.S. Nationals that will be happening outside of Indianapolis on Labor Day weekend. Uh, so we have all that, but we're here to talk some news. But we got a pop quiz nose first. And this pop quiz nose is an interesting one. Which driver holds the distinction for the last win for Pontiac in NASCAR's top series? Answer at the end of the show. Um, we've got a lot going on. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, within a two-week thing, you think there isn't a whole lot of NASCAR news. Um, in the last episode, we had talked about the upcoming announcement of Brad Keselowski moving to Roush Fenway Racing. Uh, that is 100% true. He, it was made official last week with Brad moving to uh, Roush Fenway. Um, taking a partial ownership role uh, of the team and will be working alongside John Henry and Jack Roush. Uh, this, this shift is, you know, to kind of elevate the team back to where it was in the 90s and early 2000s. Obviously, you know, we've known that they've had such a significant drop-off in recent years Outside of a couple of victories by Ricky Stenhouse, uh, the team has pretty much been a, a second-tier team. Uh, as, so, I mean, this really wasn't a, a shock as this was a needed boost in the arm to the once prominent um, Ford team. Uh, so, Brad will move to the to the famed number six ride that for many, many years was occupied by NASCAR Hall of Famer Mark Martin um, before moving on to such other drivers as David Reagan and uh, and many others up into uh, its current driver, Ryan Newman. Now, speaking of Newman, Newman with this move has become one of the hottest free agents out there along with uh, Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch and a couple of others. Now, there are plans if everything goes um, with the possibility of it going the way it does is that Roush Fenway or Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing, as it now will be called, um, that RFK Racing wants to keep Ryan Newman in the fold. Um, Newman, who definitely has a wealth of experience, is and also is one of the very few drivers still competing that has competed with um, the late Dale Earnhardt, um, given him competing in a couple of races in the 2000 season before making... Um, his jump to full-time NASCAR. Uh, Ryan will hopefully for the Rush Fenway Racing be able to pick up a part-time deal. Um, although a full-time deal and a third Rush Fenway car is not out of the equation, 
So you have all that. Um, all that's contingent on sponsorship and um, resources. So you could very well see Ryan Newman back with Roush Fenway Racing, although uh, some rumors are that he is leaning towards a return to the Bowtie brand and the Chevrolet family, where he found a lot of success with um, Richard Childress Racing being one of their more consistent drivers, and along with his years at uh, Stuart Haas Racing when that team started. Um, but another driver who is looking at possibly find stabilizing his home for 2022 is Eric Jones. Eric Jones, who currently drives the 43 car for Richard Petty Motorsports, um, has been in talks with the team to um, re-sign for 2022. Uh, this year has been an up-and-down year, a learning year for the team. Um, first year with uh, with Jones and crew chief Jerry Baxter. Uh, and they, given for what the resources the team has, although, you know, in essence, it's kind of like a Richard, uh, Richard Childress uh, Chevrolet just with Richard Petty's name on it, um, they haven't been that bad. They nailed down... Um, some early top fives, top tens in the season. Uh, they've been a consistent uh, top 15, top 20 team. Um, given where they were um, just a few years ago, uh, that is an improvement. Um, but the, the search for sponsorship is still the Achilles heel of this team. I think once you line up with a full-time sponsor, you should be in a good spot to continue on the season. Um, which you never know. You never know where that may come in. Uh, another team which actually has locked down uh, one of their sponsors for 2022 is JTG Doherty Racing. Um, the, the team consisting of the 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and the 37 of Ryan Priest will continue on with uh, sponsorship. Uh, I don't know how big the deal is with Bimbo Bakeries. Yeah, I know. It's, it sounds kind of funny. Um, Bimbo Bakeries, which is the owners. They own the brand of Thomas's English Muffins and Entenmann's uh, Donuts and Pastries. And being a recovering fat kid like myself, I love me some Entenmann's. And I certainly love um, Thomas's English Muffins. Uh, so this would be a, um, a, a big boost for the team. Um, for, ma for majority of this season, uh, we've been seeing a lot of um, the bimbo products on the sides of Ryan Priest's 37 Chevrolet with Thomas's and Entman's. Um, so hopefully this also stabilizes more of that 37 team. Remember, this is a team that went into the season um, with no charter uh, and has made all the races. And, and in some races have been pretty competitive. I know that last season was a major downer 
and there was talks that this team may not complete uh, a full 2021 schedule, but I think this is a good boost in the arm for 2022, and uh, it has yet to be seen whether they can actually um, secure a charter for next season. So, we move on um, to, um, there's no real news going on with a lot of the other players like Matt DiBenedetto on where he will be in 2022. Um, there is no, there's also no rumors on what is going to happen with the second track house car coming from Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, we know that they are going to run two cars, uh, as they had now owned two charters, uh, both of those from the sale of uh, Chip's team, and which will confirm that Daniel Suarez will be locked in next year along with whatever driver they choose upon. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that will also depend on sponsorship. Um, much like any of the other rides uh, coming up. Um, but what I find very interesting is um, we've heard uh, GMS, Gallagher Motorsports, um, owned by Maurice Gallagher of Gallagher Airlines, um, and, and now sponsor of um, Alliance Field or Alliance Stadium out there in Las Vegas, home of the the newly the new look Las Vegas Raiders, which I'm still getting used to. I swear that team bounces that team bounces around more than Pamela Anderson on a Baywatch set. Okay. Um, getting back to Maurice Gallagher, he announced that his team will be going cup racing after competing in the trucks for many years and having a, um, a, a, a successful run in the Xfinity series. They are moving up to Cup. Um, obviously, the deal will be with Chevrolet, but nothing has been in, in concrete. So that team that team is about as up in the air right now as uh, Floyd Mayweather's TNT um, team. You know, or TMT, not TNT. TNT is dying, oh my. And programmed to fight, apparently. According to uh, Bomb Scott. Anyway, uh, so. Nothing real amazing there. But, move over to the world of open wheel and IndyCar racing. Uh, some of the pieces are already starting to fall into place. Probably the biggest announcement has been Jack Harvey, who has been uh, running the the Meyer Shank Racing uh, number sixty Honda. Um, for for the last couple of years, will be moving on from that team. Um, Jack Harvey will be leaving Meyer Shank Racing just as. That was announced. It was announced at the same time that Helio Castro Neves, this year's Indianapolis 500 winner, which finally puts him in the category of Rick Mears and AJ Foy and Alan Sir Sr., as the only four time winners of the most prestigious uh, 
motorsports race in the world. Anybody who thinks Le Mans or, uh, or the British Grand Prix, challenge me on that. I'll raise all that to you. But anyway, um, Helio will be running the 06 car. No driver has been announced for the 60 ride. Um, there has been rumors that it can be any, anybody from Ryan Hunter Ray to um, to James Hinchcliffe, who may be on the outside looking in over at Andretti Autosport, um, to somebody else like a Connor Daly, who has been running here, there, and everywhere. He's been running a little bit of everything. Uh, ran all over the place, uh, or even a um, Sage Karam, who uh, is actually set to make his NASCAR Xfinity Series debut on the road course at Indianapolis. Now, another driver which really could find himself in a very interesting position is uh, Santino Ferrucci who has been running part-time in IndyCar and part-time in NASCAR's Xfinity Series, can find himself in a really good spot, either with Andretti or with the possibility, the, the, the uh, very slight possibility he may find himself at Penske Racing, as right now, I believe it's only Will Power and Scott McLaughlin, uh, this year's Rookie of the Year candidate, um, who are locked in for 2022 over there. Um, I believe Joseph Newgarden is. I don't knock it. But I know Simon Pagenaud is in the final season of his contract. Um, it, it would not shock me if he does get re-signed by, um, by Penske, as he will be a very hot property if he comes out. He is a former Indianapolis 500 winner along with a former um, IndyCar Series champion. And, and this is a guy who ran very well for um, Schmidt-Peterson Racing um, prior to his move to Penske. Now, like I said, if that Penske ride opens up, all bets are off on who is going there. Although, I think a young driver, uh, especially a young American driver like Santino Ferrucci, and yes, he is American, uh, he is from the state of Connecticut, uh, although he did kind of work his way up the, the formula ladder overseas in Europe, uh, I think that this would be a, um, a great move for uh, both the team and for NASCAR itself. Um, but like I said, we, you know, that everything is yet to be determined. Then we have, um, IndyCar coming back in a few weeks at Nashville. And I've seen the ticket prices of that. Ooh, they're a little, they're a little high. <laughs> uh, hence why I will not be going to that event. Um, besides the fact that it's in Nashville and I live at the northern part of the country in on the East Coast. So, anyway, a um, couple of other little tidbits to get you caught up on. Um, first, 
uh, it, it was something that I found very, very interesting. Um, a couple of tweets, um, and they're not necessarily related to each other, but I just found them very interesting. First, um, we have the possibility of Roush Fenway Racing resurrecting its truck team. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, Roush Racing, along with many of the other cup teams of the day, especially in the 90s, um, would start truck teams. Uh, Richard Childress Racing had a truck team for a while. Dale Earnhardt Inc. Uh, had a truck team um, before, in essence, moving it to the Cup Series, to what would be DEI, uh, over on the Cup side. And um, Hendrick had one, um, won multiple championships with Jack Sprague, um, and, and, and Jack Roush had one. Um, and what was very interesting is Jack Roush was the developmental um, team. If you were anywhere in Ford's camp back in the day as a developmental driver, you went through Jack Roush Racing. Um, and this would see drivers like um, Greg Biffle go through there. Carl Edwards. Um, you would also have um, legends of the time, like 1990 truck, uh, Bush Series champion. I almost said truck, then I realized now he was the Xfinity Series champion, but back then it was called the Bush Series. Chuck Bowne would race for the team. Um, Mark Martin, Jeff Burton, um, David Reagan came up through there. Um, where that would be where he would show how, how good he was behind the wheel of a truck and basically audition to get the, his, his, um, his, you know, career off the ground with Roush Racing being the driver tapped to replace Mark Martin. So... With this starting up, this is another huge step forward for Roush um, and for Ford Racing. Um, I know Toyota is very heavy on their development, and eventually they run out of spots um, for drivers to go, you know, to get up to the Cup Series. We saw this with um, Eric Jones. Um, being replaced by Christopher Bell. We've seen it in the past with um, Carl Edwards and Matt Kenseth being pushed aside for younger talent. Um, so we see that there is a glass ceiling with uh, Toyota, but with Ford, they've always nurtured these drivers. They seem to have a better track record, um, as we see currently with uh, Chase Briscoe and Cole Custer. And Drivers like Greg Biffle and Carl Edwards have worked their way up the ladder rather successfully. Um, both of them uh, deserved NASCAR Hall of Famers. So, um, with Ford doing this, uh, I think it adds another layer. As currently their 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 developmental truck team um, is DGR. Um, Gilliland Racing. No, no disrespect to them. Um, they they won a race earlier this season at Nashville with 
Ryan Priest, um, and they are in a partnership with Front Row Motorsports for their truck team in Todd Gilliland. Um, but I think Roush has a lot more to offer, uh, especially when you have a driver like Brad Keselowski, who himself with uh, Brad Keselowski Racing, his former truck team, helped nurture drivers like um, Ryan Blaney, uh, Parker Kligerman, who, who is no longer racing and actually uh, doing the TV side of it. Um, Austin Sindrick and Chase Briscoe are two that I, I previously named that have come through that. Uh, Tyler Reddick and Maine's own Austin Theriot, who I just realized a couple weeks ago is actually working as a driver coach for Joey Coulter's um, driver development programs. And Joey was a very good driver in himself, um, being a developmental driver with Chevrolet and later with Toyota for many years before um, ultimately um, moving on to like a management side of the sport. Um, and I think Austin is a really good driver coach, although I would like to see him back in a cup car at some point in time. Um, it would be the first Mainer outside of Ricky Craven to compete in the cup series. Um, I know he had a couple of runs, and I think he was set for more up until um, some injuries had taken him out from behind the wheel. So, um, yeah. But, but I, I think that this is a win-win if you have Brad Keselowski and Roush really trying to start a truck program, because I think with those mind, with Brad's mind and um, Roush Fenway equipment, it can be a really strong uh, spot for the Blue Oval in that series. And the other piece, which kind of got me a little hyped, I, I, I can't put a whole lot behind it right now. Like, literally right at this very moment as I'm driving. But this got me really hyped. Uh, we all know that the SRX series just finished up um, a little over a week ago. And, and there's still a lot of hype around that. They, you know, they brought racing... Uh, and big crowds back to National Fairgrounds, along with having sellouts at all six of the tracks they competed at. Um, and they put on a very good product. Now, with Marcus Lamonis being the presenting sponsor of the SRX series through Camping World and their other various brands, a tweet was put out the other day. Now, I normally don't read into tweets like this, you know, especially if you are a quote-unquote wrestling fan. You, you've seen these tweets, these little, you know, these little works that come out. You know, work is to kind of play the people, get them thinking, and all. Anyway, this tweet came out from the SRX series. Tagging Save the Speedway. Now, for those of you who don't know, Save the Speedway is the um, is the official group that is trying to preserve and get racing back to North Wilkesboro Speedway. Um, North Wilkesboro is the is the famous track in Wilkes County, um, one of the best um, 
short tracks that NASCAR has raced on. And I am a very, very big fan of North Wilkesboro. Always have been. Um, and I felt very let down when they moved away from North Wilkesboro for dates at Texas and a second date at New Hampshire. I, I don't care that New Hampshire is my closest track, my quote-unquote local track. Um, I don't give a shit about that. North Taking a track a date away from North Wilkesboro is sacrilege. Um, they put on some of the best races. Uh, I think if there was any track um, within the last 30, 40 years that I would love to have visited... Uh, that I have not. North Wilkesboro will always be at the top of my list. Anyway, so this tweet goes out to save the Speedway from SRX going, hey, you doing anything next year? And automatically myself and everybody across uh, the motorsports world was in excitement as apparently the SRX series certainly has... Um, their eye on North Wilkesboro coming to the schedule. Now, if you remember right, and I talked about the SRX series, I said that North Wilkesboro would be a great place to hold a race. Uh, it's the right size kind of track that they want. You know, you have your short track, you have your action, and in with this track that hasn't been used in over 25 years, it adds an extra challenge as um, only three of um, the drivers of the 2021 schedule have ever raced on it. Bobby Labonte, Bill Elliott, and uh, Mike Waltrip. So this would add in an extra wrinkle. Because um, as we saw, you know, Bill Elliott and was the only driver outside of maybe... Um, was the only driver in the SRX series this year to compete at Nashville previously um, outside of late mile races. So um, I think that this would be an amazing thing. I know the track does need a lot of work, um, both um, the track itself and all the facilities around it to get this um, up and operational. So um, you know, it may be a pipe dream, but I know that there has been work. There has been equipment donated from local um, businesses to get this program going. I know Marcus Lamonis has even offered a, a, a nice chunk of money to get this uh, program going. And with uh, the government loans for the pandemic bailout uh, going towards um, tracks like this and... Um, Charlotte and all in the North Carolina area, that this may be a, a very strong possibility, but at the same time, you're also fighting um, Mother Nature and uh, the time crunch. So whether this happens or not next year, may not be, but I think this is a huge shot in the arm um, for the thought of motorsports coming back to North Wilkesboro. And I certainly know that, that Marcus Smith is certainly open to reopening the track. The track that his father shuttered 25 years ago. Uh, so, with that said, you know, 
cross our fingers. You know, I put that on my wish list for Santa that we get North Wilkesboro back. Um, I, I don't care if it gives up a date at Circle of the Americas. But um, I, I'm really hoping forward to this. And I know that, uh, that there's, you know, certainly light at the end of the tunnel for the people in Wilkes County who, who have been through a lot in the last 25 years. You know, losing the track, um, ultimately losing one of their biggest businesses in the county, and that is uh, Lowe's Home Improvements, moving out of North Carolina. I believe they are now located, incorporated in um, Richmond, I believe. So, um, I, uh, you know, you never, you never know. Never say never in the world of racing. Because uh, I've seen some strange things happen. First and foremost, the 1990 Daytona 500. But I digress on that fact. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode, but before I go, i got to give you the trivia question answer for this week, and that is, who was the last driver to give Pontiac their final win in NASCAR's Cup Series? And his name was mentioned earlier in this show, and that is the one and only Ricky Craven. As Craven would battle Kurt Busch in one of the most memorable finishes to any race ever, uh, as they would beat and bang um, in the Carolina Dodge Dealers 400, they would beat and bang for two laps with just a margin of inches separating the number 32 PPI Pontiac and um, the Roush number 97 Ford. Um, this would be the second and final win for Craven in the Cup Series, along with the second and final win for um, for uh, PPI Racing and Cal Wells. Um, and this would certainly go down as one of the most replayed moments in NASCAR over the last 15, 20 years. Uh, so, so certainly a good way to remember Pontiac's final win. A uh, certain way to remember a, a true legend in, in the racing world in the uh, New England area. So, with that said, I'm Matt Hardman, and it's hot and muggy as hell, but I hope to see you at the track. Until next week, bye.